0: Anime Pulse, episode 602. to Anime Pulse. I'm Joseph, your host, joined by my co-host Andrew Chan. Hello again. And hopefully this Happy week me. I <laughs> won't forget to include the introduction music. Oh, did that, did that happen last week? Yes, last week's show, I oh. finished editing it, I was like, ah, oh, that's a wrap, ah, great. I was uploading it, and I was like, I'm gonna give it a little listen, because I like the intro music, cause it's so it's, it's, it's cool. And I was like... Okay. Ah, I forgot to put it in. Oh man! Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> the curtain's
1: been revealed. We're no longer a professional show. We didn't uh, have an opening. Yeah, no. There goes
0: all. There goes all of our sponsorships. All of our funding. Wait, no. NASCAR ah, come credibility
1: back. is ruined. No. Oh shit! You know, <laughs> There's like we're now the only show on the site that obviously doesn't have an opening. I bet.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, we're the only totally. show that that doesn't do editing anymore. No, darn.
1: No, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the standards have really dropped. People are gonna come back and they'll be like, "Oh, what happened to you guys? You used to be cool. We're still cool.
0: We're still anyways. cool. Don't leave us." <laughs>
1: yeah, don't, don't go. oh, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> anyways,
0: yeah, anyways. So, we got uh, we got some stuff to do, right? We got mm-hmm. some stuff to talk about. We got a schedule. To tick off,
1: so indeed, we got lives to live. What about your life? What's going on in in your life, first, I suppose.
0: Well, my life—if we're gonna be jumping into some IRL news, which I imagine that's what we're going for here. Mhm. Yep. It's uh, it's a little interesting right now. Um, you see. I'm alone for the next week and a few days, because my old man and his girlfriend have decided to go on a journey across America. They left on Friday, took a Mm -hmm. flight down to Denver, and got in a car and have been driving state to state. Uh, I believe last I heard, they were in New Mexico. So, yeah, that was a day ago now, so... Uh, I've been kind of just sitting around while they, uh, make their way around the country. They'll eventually make their way back here. <clears throat> right. But, uh, in the meantime, they checked in with me once and, um, uh, just told me that they were in the middle of nowhere. They had found a gas station that had reception and were just giving me a call to give me an update. Uh. Cool. I have taken this opportunity to do a little house cleaning. Um. Mm. It is going to rain like the Dickens this entire week here so I busted out the old riding lawnmower and uh hit up the grass yesterday. I was able to mow a good portion of the lawn. Um but unfortunately the front lawn requires a push mower because it has a 90 degree drop to the front lawn and I can't do that on a riding lawnmower. I don't want to pull a wily coyote in. Drive off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Careful with that. And our push mower is dead. Uh, the uh, oh. thing just won't start. So my old man threw it out, and uh, uh, he didn't to buy a new one yeah. in time for mm. yeah for this. So uh, yeah, I am without a push mower. So it kind of looks a little haphazard out there right now. But hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it All Also, I means like it... overgrown. Yeah, it also means I get to take care of the cats. Um, Normally, Uh I don't do too much with the cats when it comes to taking care of them. I feed them every now and then when they get annoying, but now I have to feed them in the morning and the afternoon. I have to make sure their stocks are supplied Mm -hmm. so they have enough dry cat food sitting there as well. And then at the same time, Mm -hmm. I also have to clean their cat litter box, which... Ugh. It's not a fun role. sounds fun. I thought I graduated from (laughs) doing that because... It's not something yeah. I like doing anymore. No. Not that I, I ever liked
1: it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think anybody traditionally likes it. <laughs> so that's fine. Oh. Well, she did what you gotta yeah. do. That's what happens. Yeah.
0: Well, uh on, in addition to that, I also took today to do a lot of cleaning. I vacuumed nice. all the rugs in the house and all the floors. I swiffered and then I did the wet jet swiffer on everything. Scrubbing down the floors, I did mopping, sweeping. You I was a cleaning maniac today. Hmm. Yep, my cool. arms are tired. Nice. Ah, nice. No,
1: yep. it's it's the right time of year for it. I guess it's still it's still spring, so spring cleaning.
0: Yep, but... spring cleaning. It uh, it's nice too. smells nice and clean in the house. I opened up the windows to let the air flow through, which was 68 for a couple minutes today. So, got that going. I have been playing more Gwent online, which I'm almost done 100% with the achievements in that game. Once I hit 100%, I can move on to another game. I have started playing and going slowly through playing uh, Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. Which, uh, uh-huh. just because not a lot of people are playing that, um, especially on my friends list, like, I thought a lot more would play, because a lot of my friends were from a Gearbox community, and I was very excited to be like, oh, boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back in there, and I'm gonna play a character I've never played before, Mordecai, and I know now why I never played Mordecai, because, you know, he's a sniper, and it's great that you're a sniper, you have to be good with shooting, though, which, for me, it's ah. more like spray and pray, you know, I'm more of a... I'm more of like a Ro- Rodin? Ryden, Rodane, Rodane. I'm more Dane. of a Rodane character who's you know assault mm-hmm. and machine guns that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: So it sort of explains why you why you play Mercy as well in Overwatch because uh, yeah, you just because be with Mercy
0: it's like I don't have to be shooting anything. I just like oh you need mm-hmm. healing oh you need healing ah you need healing I'm coming over there buddy I'm healing you. <laughs> Like that—that's easy. I can do that all day long. Or it's like, yeah, boost him. Yeah, you like that boost? You like that, you little slut? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Overwatch—that was a—that was a thing. Overwatch in 2019. Probably never played again. Yeah.
1: A phase in your life. You yeah. Know, maybe maybe
0: good. I'll play it. You know, maybe I'll go back and be like, you know what? Let's check it out. And there'll be like 15 new Overwatch characters, and i will be like, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> oh. You you don't
1: like the idea of there being loads of new ones?
0: No, I mean, it's just, I'd be like so long, and just these people will be so good at them now. The nice thing about being current with Overwatch is that you're all new to a new character when you first start playing them, and the kinks haven't really been worked out, so like, that character's usually overpowered when it first comes out. Yeah, it does, yeah. And so Mm -hmm. you can just play that character, earn all their achievements real quick, and then bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Mm -hmm. Problem is... It might not yeah. You know, Jeff will be like, "Ah, let me fix it so the achievements are hard to get now." And this character's mm-hmm. level, and it's like, "Oh, great, yeah. thanks, Jeff."
1: It may also be because, like, you know, current players that are still playing uh, haven't ha- also had haven't had time to figure out the best counters for those characters just yet when they're new.
0: That's right, as well. That's why yeah. I love playing it because it kind of does level out the playing field. And then they do, you know, they kind of like beat that character in submission. mission with the band hammer, and uh, eventually everything is all back to the way it was, where pro players are kicking amateur players or even, you know, somewhat decent players into the ground, and you know, I'm just, like, on a 15 streak losing streak, mm-hmm. and it's just it's terrible. I don't like it. Yeah. Nobody likes to lose, especially in these sorts of games. So. Indeed. That's understandable. I have also been playing more Fate Grand Order, which right now there's a big event going on with uh, which almost feels like a story event, but it's not. It's just an extra event where you're mm. sent to like an oil rig that's descending into the depths of the Marineris Trench, and um, okay. the rig has an, a super intelligent AI on it that's trying to get you killed, but also seems to be helping you somehow. I don't know what her deal is. Her name's BB. She has different personalities. It introduces a new class of characters called alter egos, which I don't technically know what alter egos are really great for yet. They seem to be good at fighting some things, but not good at fighting other things. And it's kind of like a learning process for them. Finding Mm. out like what they're good against, like what this specific alter ego is good against fighting. Um, And because of this, the alter egos, it brought up my next character that I really, really, really wanted. um, Oh. Which is, uh, the character is referred to as Heaven's Hole. And I was able to get her on my second try. Only cost me a pretty penny. Oh. And and I have her now. Uh, She is a, she's currently wearing her nun garb, but um, her second ascension... She ditches the nun garb for something a little more breezy. (laughs) Oh, I see. Yeah. I getcha, I getcha. The domestic, the, uh, domestic, yeah, the demonic Buddha Vesta. She's, uh, her, her basic, basically her, uh, her super is she cuts open a, um, a hole in her stomach which is full of demon pillars and shoves the enemy into it and then closes it back up and then the planets surround her because she is apparently like some universal goddess or something like that and it's like wow (laughs) what did i just watch (laughs) oh i'm i i'm super happy i got her like she was one of the big characters i wanted um in, even, like, in the future, like, I don't think there's any character that I really crave as much as I've wanted this character. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I've been playing more Zerlane, of course. Game is fucking going bonkers right now with events and new things. Mm-hmm. And it's just my mind boggles to try and play that game. Um, and I did play one round of the uh, voting character voting thing oh. in the new fire emblem because yeah. Yep yep. My or ones the...
1: went all the way to the final.
0: Yeah, I gave up after mine. Uh, it was the uh the golden chick mm-hmm. with the brown hair. Uh with the tied in the ponytail. The she has like the fang. With the
1: fang. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember because I don't think I used... she lost in the first was, round was...
0: for her. She was like the lower right hand corner. Of the, like, the okay, voting... I'm, go- I'm gonna
1: bring it up. I- I've been backing Nino from the start. The green-haired girl. Nino. Because she's always doing her best. Yeah, Nino.
0: Oh, uh, the dragon girl?
1: No, no, no. She's, she's, she's on a pegasus. Oh, you're thinking of uh, Tiki. Tiki's the dragon girl. No, uh, Nino's like the mage with the purple armor.
0: Okay, yeah. I was either going to go with the brown haired girl with the fang and the yellow yeah. ribbon in her hair mm-hmm. um, or yeah. I was going to go with the ah. new the new ice chick
1: wait ice chick that's actually oh yeah okay I know who you're talking about yeah the new ice princess uh, yeah, the...
0: chick whatever yeah
1: uh, I can't remember her name but I know who you're talking about yeah the brown haired girl is called Delthea I know who yeah. you're talking about now I
0: liked her just because yeah. I listened to all of their different their voice lines oh, and I was like well, they're yeah. all lolly female characters, so uh, just pick, pick one to run with it. Yeah.
1: Except the ones that are guys. <laughs> except
0: ones the that ones are dudes, that are guys. So. Yes. Except the ones that are guys. Yeah, there's two dudes.
1: Which so are, it's, are, it's you def- know. They were. They were definitely. They definitely had a chance of winning. Am I right, Oh guy? yeah,
0: sure. Because guys always win, unless you know it's Shota, all guys. Shota
1: would definitely beat the lolly characters in a game that a lot of otaku play. Yeah, of course.
0: So. <laughs> I mean, totally. all the the Shota fans out there, right?
1: Yeah, they 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 all play Fire Emblem for sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, okay. Cool. She got knocked out, sadly, but yeah. Yep. Mine's still in the finals. Hopefully she beats Tiki.
0: Oh, good luck to you. I gave up after mm-hmm. mine lost the first round, and I was like, you know what? I'm not interested in any of the other characters. Goodbye. Wow. Yep. So, okay. I, I, I uh, ducked out of that one. Um, But I did get a new, a couple new gold characters. Um, Oh, yeah? Like the ones with the tickets that you can get. Oh, you got some brave characters then. Yeah, so I got brave Lucia and... Oh, yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. What's the other chick that you can get that's not... uh, It's on the other banner.
1: Veronica? Uh, Or Celica? Shit. Is Is it, she got red hair or she got like beige hair. I think it might be the beige hair one. Oh, Veronica. She's the yeah, the, the antagonist of this game.
0: Oh, no, no. Yeah, you're right. I wanted her. So I, I got the red-haired one. Now I remember. Oh, you got Selica. Cel- yeah, I wanted the... Okay. the uh, I wanted Veronica. I was like, yes! Finally, I'll get mm-hmm. her, but it doesn't really matter because I don't play mm-hmm. this game anymore.
1: <laughs> I thought you chose Veronica already as your freebie. Because I think a while back they gave them out as
0: freebies and you chose Veronica. No, Am I, not I right? did no. not get her. Um, I don't remember who I picked okay. as my freebie.
1: Yeah, because you get one of them for free. I thought you chose Veronica. Oh.
0: I do know I did get Veronica's alter personality. Huh? Like the Veronica that's not evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I did get her, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I like evil girls. hmm Bad girls are my shtick. Mm. I don't know if you knew. Pretty established <laughs> premise. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's basically yeah. been it for my week. I mean, I... And the only other thing that I could even mention is that I got in a pre-ordered book that I have... or pre-ordered manga that I have been waiting mm-hmm. on for quite some time. Uh, it is yep. Volume 3 of The Elder Sister-Like One, which... Uh, oh, yeah. I do mm-hmm. enjoy this... Uh, this manga quite a bit it is fun and uh yes <laughs> yes 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 it they, they makes good, good stuff makes uh, the author edia uh, pochi makes makes good stuff very you know started out as a as i believe a dojin artist
1: right. oh did he okay Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people who did start off as doujin artists actually do tend to like, they, they tend to actually have a good like a good sense of art style to themselves as well. So it's, it's actually quite a good practice for them.
0: You know, and even I, if they started off on something yeah. that's not as safe it, do, shall we say. And I do like the premises mm-hmm. of this one because it's got like a Lovecraftian okay. twist to it. So if you're one of those oh, yeah. people who likes weird, disgusting creatures just showing up out of nowhere or, you know, an older sister-like character who can, like, transform her hair into tentacles and a... Oh, and if you're a Shoda fan, well, do I got the manga for you? Because... Ooh, you probably lost them at that point. (laughs) (laughs) You probably lost them. I got the straight Shoda. The straight Shoda with an older female character. (laughs) (laughs) Guys out there, you Um, missed that out in your childhood, you could always read a manga about it. (laughs) It's a very
1: specific niche. But, you know... You got a kid it. there's an audience for everything. So Yeah. I mean yeah. I, I had that <laughs> okay.
0: childhood growing up, so I don't need to relive those moments. hmm You don't need to, you just choose to. Yes, I just choose to because they were good moments. They're the happy times of my <laughs> life. Uh the happiest well. are yet to come. Hold out, hold out. <laughs> sure. Well, anyways. Uh what do you mm. uh what do you got for us? Mm. Any anything interesting happening in the land of Andrew?
1: Um, I mean nothing like personally interesting, I suppose. But I did two things. Or two, two releases came out that I've managed to to catch that I've enjoyed. So, uh, first in gaming, I'd say is uh, Joker, the character from Persona Five. The protagonist was released for Smash Brothers, and I just bought I bought the um, season pass for him. So I, I've been able to play as Joker in Smash Brothers, uh, which has been great. It's kind of revitalized a little bit of the interest I had for it. Uh, stayed up stayed up uh, with some friends and well with a friend on Friday just playing it through like a bit of after work time mm. and uh, I've not played Persona 5 yet but I, I, do, I do like Persona in general so it was nice to have him in there. He's very technical and the gimmick of like getting his rebellion gauge up to summon a Persona is very cool. Uh, I do like how the stage ch- can change to a Persona 4 yellow theme as well and plays the reach out to the truth theme from Persona 4 mm. because you know if you wouldn't know already, Persona 4 is like one of my favourite games. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that, that. There's actually a Persona 4 stage. Now if we can only get the Persona 4 protagonist in Smash, then I'd be really <laughs> golden, but you know, I don't think that's gonna happen now that they've got Joker there. And it was all t- it was all to foreshadow because I was like they would have to do mm. it for a reason, because Persona 5 isn't even out on Nintendo consoles, right? But then this this was just before they announced uh, Persona 5 The Royals coming out for PS4 and Switch, so there's gonna be a new version of Persona 5. Coming out soon. Uh, we'll get that, though I've heard some controversy about it. Not relevant to this show because it's game news, but, oh, man, it's a shame. There's been some controversy, again. Usually with the Twitter Brigaders, but, you know, it is what it is. Of course. Uh, and then I suppose... Well,
0: sorry? Of course.
1: Yeah, there is. It's to do with one of the new characters or something. I haven't really read up on it, but basically a bunch of folk complained about one of the new characters, and uh, the company looks like they're going to bend the knee to the uh, rabbit uh twitter
0: mob so there we go kind of um, just like the sonic movie
1: yeah yeah uh, i saw the tra- you saw the trailer for that then
0: did you see it i didn't see the trailer i just saw everyone complaining oh. about the trailer and being like oh it's gonna be a yeah. movie and then eventually i also saw news i was like the director or er, was saw all your twitter comments and they're editing it they're changing it and i was like no huh
1: Okay, okay. Actually, on the note of that, I have a conspiracy theory for you, right? Oh, is it going to match up
0: my conspiracy theory, too? Go ahead.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I think that this version of Sonic, they made it on purpose. They made it purposely bad, okay? Uh Uh-huh. Because, you know, changing out an entire 3D model for, like, an entirely, you know, a film done in its entirety is expensive, and it takes time, right? And they're so willing to change it, right? I'm thinking that they purposely made it look bad like this, To draw up as much kind of as much attention as possible. A lot of people are gonna go see it because of this, you know, it brought its attention of this movie to a lot of people, right? And so they just switch like I think they only had this Sonic model rendered for the trailer footage and the stuff that you saw in promotional material just to kinda kick up a storm. And now that he's switching it, now they can make one that looks good and now they already have the bombs in the seats, basically. So I think the entire plan the whole time was to have a better looking Sonic and that this was just part of an elaborate marketing strategy.
0: You're basically That's right on with what my theory was. It was basically that they always had the other Sonic version as like yeah. the basis and they were like, Let's do this. Let's make a really, really like ugly Sonic. Something really off putting. Yeah. People are gonna mm-hmm. hate. They're gonna rage on the trailers. They're gonna and then we'll you'll come out and be like, We've listened to your opinions. Yeah. We respect you. We're making it we're changing it. We're fixing it and then yeah. everyone will be happy and they'll come see our movie they'll be like we did it now let's go see the movie that we all changed and it was like that's what happened because there's no way yeah. they'd go back and redo an entire fucking movie
1: I, I think so too I think it would take so much work and money and I think that this was pre-planned so it's, now that you also had that same sort of theory I think that, that strengthens my, my thought and that that might be the case but yeah um but yeah it depends on as gold shinobi there says it depends on how the new sonic actually ends up looking but you know i just think there's no way they could have made something that looks so purposely bad you know it looks ridiculous but uh yeah there's that and actually and the other thing i wanted to report in regards to films is i went to go see the new avengers film the one that nobody's talking about you know uh end game um i went to go see it yesterday uh, on an IMAX, this was my first time watching a film on an IMAX theater Ooh. in 3D, nice. and uh, it was good. It was good. I think your mileage will vary depending on how invested you are in the Marvel universe, because I haven't seen a lot of. I, like, there's a lot of the big Marvel movies that I've missed watching.
0: Like I heard, uh, a, I heard a lot of people saying like this is the most emotional. Uh, yeah. of all the Avengers slash Marvel movies that have ever come out and it's like, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense considering yeah. the last movie it feels movie, like the end of something most people mm-hmm. are dead <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not a spoiler, because yeah. that's probably a meme that everyone knows about now with Thanos snapping his fingers but, um, yeah yeah so,
1: this film is like kind of closure on a lot of things especially it's like a it's it's like that it's no secret that a lot of the actors were going to be leaving after this. So that kind of gives you an idea of like how a lot of them are going to be giving their final goodbyes. Not gonna say who, I guess, just in case spoilers, but you know. If you saw contracts I mean, and shit, then you know you know who's
0: out um who'll be leaving. But um yeah, overall, I know it's good I know like a lot leave, of them definitely didn't want to like be the characters anymore. I know Robert Downey Jr. has wanted to leave being Iron Man for years now.
1: Right, right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But despite that, he gives he like he does give a very
0: good performance in this film. I must say, oh, he's a great actor.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it it feels like he gave it like an eleven out of ten. Like in particular, this was even better than normal from him. So it's a very good send off, you know.
0: Yeah, maybe because he's like he's ready Uh, to be like I'm ready done. I'm done being like the main Iron Man. Like I could definitely see like the next Iron Man movie they do to be like a new Iron Man. Like. Robert Downey Jr. is like, you know, he could just be like a voice or something. Like, oh yeah, I'm still it's making be... Iron Man suits. Uh, go get them. Uh, War Machine 2.5. It's gonna be Riri Williams. I, I bet it's gonna be Riri Williams,
1: the um, the high school girl that. Gets oh, the suit the, next the
0: black me. high school girl that people got all yeah, like. You can't have that, Iron Man this. playing a black girl for. Me. The, the,
1: they're, they're gonna do that next. I guess I bet they're gonna do it. They, they will. Like I, I, don't think they're gonna miss this opportunity to do it. But yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, good film, good action to it. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean as much to me as like it would for people who have been keeping up with it. Because like you said, it's one of the more emotional ones. But the emotional weight isn't as much there for me because I've not seen a single Captain America film, so oh. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to feel for a lot of the scenes. But you know, I get that there's something there for a lot of people, and a lot of people are going to enjoy it. It's got it's not perfect. There's a there's a few problems of plot. Um, I'm not going to again spoil details, but I do know that, uh, I mean, a lot of people do know that uh, time travel is involved, and when you involve time travel, there's going to be a few plot holes. Oh, there's... there's or there's contrivances. MacGuffins um,
0: and shenanigans everywhere when you involve time travel. Lot, it's like, oh,
1: Yeah. And a lot of convenient things that happen that's like, well, aren't you lucky that this person met this person at this precise moment? Otherwise,
0: this wouldn't have happened. You know? <laughs> yep. There's a
1: lot of coincidences that are very convenient.
0: You know, A lot of deus say, ex but, machina yeah. happening. Mm-hmm
1: yeah and if you know like if you if you're crafted well enough at times you can hide these from viewers that they don't notice it so much but there's a few in this film that you can't help but notice um but yeah yeah overall good film uh i probably would give it a 7 out of 10 i suppose i did prefer infinity war more that one probably gets an 8 out of 10 but yeah good movie definitely worth a watch especially if you're a marvel fan i think i'm kind of done with superhero films in general now though
0: Personally, I've heard that about like, a okay. lot of people, too. Like, a lot of people who have said yeah. they've seen this movie, they're like, I think this is it. I think I'm done. Like, like yeah, they're done with, yeah, like, just, Marvel yeah. movies in general, where they're just like, I think I'm done with the superhero stuff. This was good. It's a yeah. good send-off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I liked Spider-Man Homecoming, right? And they've got, like, a new one coming out called Far From Home.
0: And I've but heard like, that people said I'm... Spider-Verse was really good, too.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that one's particularly, like, one of the Sony Pictures ones, I think. Um... But yeah, yeah, that's that. That was all. I've I've got to watch that one. I've heard good things about it. Um, but yeah, overall, I don't really feel like a big need to continue going on. I think I will eventually watch them, but you know, uh, eh, I I can I can give or take, you know. So, um, although I did kind of like Shazam, so maybe I'll I'll keep an eye for, for what DC's doing in the in the meantime. So, yeah, there's Another that. Deadpool anyway, be that's okay. I'm kinda of worried about that actually, because I enjoyed the first Deadpool. I haven't watched the second one. But more since fire. then Fox has been bought have Fox have been bought out by Disney, right? And yes. you know, I'm, I I am concerned about Disney's ability to create something like Deadpool, who tends to be quite edgy and a bit more adult in his humor. Well Disney doesn't Disney I thought Disney owned Marvel. They owned Marvel, but here's the thing. Um you know how like Derek you know how Marvel has multiple properties? They basically had rented them out uh, during a point in time when they were going bankrupt. This is why Sony Pictures has like had Spider-Man and had um, and Fox had Fantastic Four. That's why you don't have a Fantastic Four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's because technically Fox owns um, owns Fantastic Four, I think. And yeah, so different there's... companies actually had different of different versions of their intellectual property.
0: Yeah, there's a so lot for a that.
1: while the Marvel. Yeah, so for a while, Marvel couldn't make X-Men. That's now changing now that they've bought Fox. So now they can basically make X-Men movies. So after Dark Phoenix, the next X-Men film is going to be made by uh, Marvel Studios fully. Uh, And the same thing goes with Deadpool. Deadpool was made, I think, by Fox. And now they've been bought over as well. You know, they they were bought together with X-Men. So this means that Disney will be the ones, you know, Marvel Studios will be the ones in charge of the next Deadpool film if there is another one. And that means that, you know, I'm kinda concerned because Fox was was able to kinda go a bit more out there because they didn't have Disney look they didn't have Mickey Mouse looking over their shoulder, you know?
0: Oh, the copyright so, on, Dick, yeah. uh, on Mickey Mouse is actually running out? I'm not gonna reveal ah, this no time, problem from what Disney said. Are you sure they're not Oh really?
1: That's I I find that hard to believe because I believe one of the reasons why copyright goes out so long now, like so many years past, is because like of an artist's death. It's because of them, yeah, right. So I find it interesting that they are they really not gonna fight and try and keep it. Maybe it's just because
0: in like this new world of the internet and whatnot, people are actually paying attention to this kind of shit, and they're like, "Hey, you know, this is weird that you guys are extending copyright out this long, which was originally intended to not last." nearly this long after the death of the original creator like you guys should cut the yeah. shit yeah but you know the needs of the wallet
1: outweigh the needs Weigh of the the common needs sense. of everyone else <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely you know and despite you know saying that the internet you know makes things more accessible and you know corporate needs to kind of change a bit around that the opposites happened here in Europe where you know we've got things like article 13 coming around the corner that's gonna make things more restricted based on copyright you know? Oh, yeah it's also it's a it's a blessing and a curse that shall we say copyright um, I guess we'll see it when we come to that bridge mm-hmm. we'll cross it exactly exactly we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but yeah that's pretty much it I don't that's my miniature I suppose review of it without spoiling anything of there. Uh, Endgame. Anybody who wants to go see it is going to go see it, so there's really not much else to say, I suppose. Mm -hmm. You'll probably be happy if you're a Marvel fan. And that takes us to community stuff, because there's not much else to say about my life. Um, There is no comments, I believe, for this week, so that leads us straight towards the forums. There's one new post on underrated anime, which was last week's topic, by Dryden999, and he says... Terror in Resonance, Darker Than Black, Eden of the East, Jormungand, and School Live. School Live? School Live. School Life, Probably School Live. I don't know about Darker Than Black, because I think that one is quite highly acclaimed. But anyway, I'm not totally in the loop, but I think these were kind of niche, underrated shows that didn't get much buzz or respect when they first released. Mm-hmm. Oh, when they first released. Well, to me anyway, I stumbled upon them as I started to watch more anime. All just had really solid characters, an interesting plot, and usually had something happening that kept you on edge episode to episode, especially school life, which I really feel which I feel I really feel did a great job of blending themes of survival with sli- survival horror with slice of life. I probably have a ton more because I oddly tend to enjoy the odd unpopular anime for uh, some reason, but these were the ones that really stuck with me after watching. Um, I need to watch School Life. It is, from my understanding, that is a Moe Blob show that has an undead theme to it. So it's, it sounds like something that's usually in my sort of firing range. But uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I've heard of most of these, except for Jormund Gand. I'll have to check what that is. But yeah, thanks for the post, Dryden. That comes, that brings us to this week's one, which is about backlogs. You know, everybody has backlogs in their Steam of games that they Will get around to eventually, but haven't played. And the same thing goes for anime. A lot of people have backlogs that you're definitely going to watch sometime. So I asked people this week uh, what anime they have that they oh we lost a person. I hope that wasn't read. Um, no, was that's that read? Clear. okay. Cool, cool, cool. I was worried about that. Um, so this is anime that you will get to around to eventually for sure, and hopefully provide some reason as to maybe why that is the case. Um, so, first post comes in from Ghoul Shinobi, who says, I do have quite an anime backlog. Many of them are extremely popular ones, like Naruto Shippuden, and Dragon Ball's Super. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Uh <laughs> oh, the word filters. I haven't gotten around to them because there are a lot of anime I want to watch before them. Ones I plan on watching very soon are Steins Gate, watch that, f- stop everything you're doing and watch that anime if that's on your watch list. I, I, t- t- sorry. Anyway. And Ancient Magnus Black Bride. That's also a decent show, but Science Gate, man. ScienceGate, watch that show. Watch it. I'm not biased. I haven't gotten around to them because I've been pretty busy and I just haven't been watching much anime. But I just got back into anime so I plan on watching them soon. Yeah, okay. Good Good uh, response there, Goshirobe, but seriously, watch Science Gate. <laughs> Next we have Blackmagic44s who says, Ingress, the animation. I've actually watched episode one of that show. It's about a special agent investigating an explosion at a laboratory that researchers uh, researchers an unknown substance called XM and starts seeing memories and becomes embroiled in a massive conspiracy. It looks cool and cyberpunk-y. It, ca- it came out on Netflix a while back, but I won't be getting it to it for some time until the rest of my backlog in Final Fantasy 14 is caught up for me. I see. Oh, fun fact. If you didn't know this, Black Magic, but Ingress is actually based on the game by Niantic that they made before Pokemon Go, and basically has a lot of the same game mechanics such as the map and... uh and like spots and like gym areas to take over with your team uh that kind of got them the um pokemon license to make pokemon go so believe it or not ingress is actually the precursor game to basically pokemon go the more you know and let me just refresh the page i got one from rampant ai what's that? i've got some con- uh are you doing forums yeah i'm doing forums um Rampant AI says, "I've been meaning to go back and watch Elfin Liad as I never got past the very first two episodes. I wouldn't mind if you just kind of stop there, because it doesn't get any better than Lucy going around killing everybody with like <laughs> her. her pa- that that is actually the best scene in the anime by far, so it doesn't matter if you, you know like, you can enjoy the rest. But like that is the best scene, so it doesn't that's it peaked. There are also a few OVAs to." series that I would like to catch up on too many to count and I also never finished the second season of Psychopaths, which by the way uh, I've heard isn't very good but you know um, maybe I don't know I've never seen it Uh, and I also have been meaning to see if SAO Alice Alicization pans out or not I only caught the first episode of that too Um, well I think it's just more SAO so I think if you like the other series you probably will still like it I guess I don't know I don't know Give it a go, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, this is your backlog. The only one that I will not accept, Steins Watch Steinsgate. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop now. Anyway, uh, Joseph, what about you? Do you have any anime you plan on getting around to that's in your backlog?
0: Yes, I do. In fact, uh, one of them that's been sitting around on my computer in a non-filed format is uh, Lupin the Third Part Lupin 5. The third? Mm-hmm. Which uh, is that Very new good. Lupin that came out 2 years ago, year ago. Um, and I've mm-hmm. never finished it. I think I previewed it. Um, and it's kind of just been sitting there. I stopped at uh, see here. I stopped at episode 12, which honestly I think uh-huh. this Lupin season could have done great if it had just stuck to what it was. It had some it had some filler. Not necessarily filler, but it had parts in episodes that did not need to be. Mm-hmm. The thing about Lupin is that it's very much like... It can be very you know chaotic where it's like, this episode's about this thing, is this episode's about this thing, this episode's about that. It would have been fine if they had stuck with that theme. But this new Lupin was going for something with the first couple of episodes, then it just moves on. And it's like, oh, okay, so then it's just going to do d- different stuff again. The preview for episode mm-hmm. 13 is that, no, they're going back to what they were doing in the beginning, which was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Then they should have just stuck with that, and they shouldn't have, like, faffed about with all this extra bullshit. So I've that's why right. I've kind of lost interest in watching it crazily. Um, I do have mm-hmm. other anime, of course. I do have Shinometa. Which I do mm. want to get around to watching because I have the Blu-ray version, which is the Ooh. uncensored version. Uh, the only way to watch that show? Yes. Same for Triage X, which is um, by the artist who did High School of the Dead. Uh-huh. Um uh, just recently I downloaded Yurargi Soul No Unasan, the Blu-ray version, all uncensored, of course. Um, and mm-hmm. I also have the Shin mound No Testament Burst, plus all the OVAs, which is also something I put off because it was censored. So, yep.
1: Hmm. Okay. it's so quite a few there. Indeed. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've got also, like, like many people, I have way too many to count as well, but just to list a few, got, here I've got a little bit of a list. I've got Tatami Galaxy. I got Mirai Niki, uh, Kyokai no Kanata, uh, I got Tokyo Ghoul, um. What else is there? Uh, Noragami, Haikyuu, um. Oh, uh, also that one that's about making anime. What's the anime about making anime? Fuck. It's really popular and shit. Ah! Uh, of course it leaves me uh, right now.
0: I think I know Help the one here. you're
1: talking about. Yeah, the anime about making anime. <laughs> God. Uh, it's, it's by JC Staff, I think. No. Yeah, it's by... Peter b p. Peter shirobako that's the one shirobako thank you thank you man right okay yes so those are those are a bunch of ones for example my backlog oh i also do want to watch Mushishi, which i know you've mentioned a few times that's also been in my backlog ah. oh also death parade yeah because Mushishi is really good but it's just like i have to be in the right mood for something that's a bit more slow and atmospheric a so, bit more slow I'm just it's trying to... very slow <laughs> okay okay fine, fine. i may have been underselling it yeah it's very slow so i just need to be in the right mood for something that's so chill because uh, I tend to watch anime n- near the end of the day and you know if I watch something like that I'm worried that I might actually fall asleep and not in a, you know I don't mean to say it's bad but just like you know just because it might be kind of relaxing as a show so and atmospheric as I say so yeah there we go there's some advanced there's, there's some uh, examples of shows uh, that I have that, I, that are in my backlog so thanks for everybody for their entries I'm going to refresh the page one more time but I think that's pretty much it Uh, yep, that's it. We can probably move on now. Hey!
0: Alright. That brings us to some industry news. Let's see here. So, lays on through here, my first piece here is a uh, Sakuga blog where... 25 anime production assistants shared their troubles in an anonymous survey, more than likely because they don't want to get questioned about it. Uh, Basically, the survey included a few different categories. Uh, One of them was overtime work, where 96% of the respondents worked overtime. 72% said they did it always. 20%, only 20%, said that they don't work on weekends or public holidays, and... 76% had accumulated unpaid overtime work. 44% said they worked unpaid overtime occasionally, while 32% said they did it always. Oh, dear. Yep, so basically, you know, it's more along the lines of animation in Japan not really being great, where it's like, yes, I want to work on anime. It's such a successful industry. Well... It is, but you're going to have to bleed for it.
1: Yeah. It has Sweat and to look like a passion project. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: And furthermore, 76% said that they received power harassment, which is a psychological or physical abuse from their superiors at work. 56% Definitely. saying it happened occasionally, while 20% saying it happened always. Uh, one of the testimonies in the survey read I've quit working at a studio not with just unpaid overtime pay but with about 100,000 yen of my regular wages unpaid there were also several cases of pushing a ton of work on newcomers until they were completely burnt out and then suddenly filming them with or suddenly firing them with no say in the matter at first the studio I worked at I hear their was a case of suicide before I joined that studio used time cards that went up to 500 hours we were told to choose between getting punched or kicked and there were actually people who sustained injuries from being hit or strangled what I can only Mm. hope that things can improve as soon as possible
1: shit Yes. that's
0: a lot worse than I feared
1: (laughs) god damn
0: yeah so it's uh it's not good news if uh, you want to yeah. work in the anima- animation industry in Japan. Um, hopefully it's not the same way here in America or any other country, but it is well known that Japan has a really bad um, bad outlook for animation and people lower on the rung, especially when it comes to animating. Assistants and mm-hmm. even mangakas himself can be run ragged.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a stereotype in and of itself, but it has to be based on something, so,
0: yeah. Yep. It's not yeah, true. and this, it's not true. this came out in response to, uh, back on April 5th, a Madhouse production assistant joined a trade union, and uh, basically... Uh, The anonymous assistant uh, was seeking compensation for unpaid overtime, as well as an apology for the various forms of harassment that they received. Right. Uh, The man worked up to 393 hours a month during crunch time and was recently hospitalized due to work. In 2010, uh, further back, a production assistant Mm. working for A1 Pictures actually died by suicide. And Ooh, uh, the Labor shit, Standards Inspection well, huh? Office cited depression due to overwork as the cause for the staff member's suicide. So, yeah, we got some shit. real problems over there.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. You know, God, you, you know, you'd think it would have been a bit better over the over the years, because you know, a while back, I you know, I talked a little bit about, about Toei Animation, how they actually have like paid uh, maternity leave and stuff, and you know. But you really got to look out for those, um, and really champion the companies that actually do give their workers a voice and some rights, for for once, you know. Like that's one of the things that Kyoto Animation is quite famous for—is that they actually respect their workforce. For instance. Yeah. Yeah. So value so, yeah. what you've got, because it could always be worse in the anime Indeed. industry, especially. Yep. So right, uh, is that about it?
0: Yes, uh, you're. Your piece your okay. first piece? Right. I wanna
1: start uh, yeah, I wanna start off though by, by first saying that I totally fucked up last week. I didn't tell you the main horror like the main truth I have missed out a story to tell you last no? week. So I, I gotta recover a fuck up, yeah. Uh I mentioned when I was covering the Vic Mignana situation last week that the investigation from Sony came out. Um uh-huh. as well as like the stuff that was in it. So, so far we have been saying guilty until... No, <laughs> the opposite. That's what the internet has been saying. We've been saying innocent until proven guilty. Well, this story that came out from the investigation is going to change your mind completely and you'll be like, he done it. So, I'm going to paraphrase and TLDR it. They basically, one time, Monica was sitting with Vic Mignana at like a signing thing uh, at a convention and she had a bunch of jelly beans. I want to tell you the jelly bean story. Okay. Um, so, she signed she signed a jelly bean Okay, and later on during the same signing, Vic asked if he could have a, one of Monica's jelly beans. So she handed the one with the face—I well, mean, with her name written on it—and he ate it. And in jesting with um, one of the one of the fans that came up to their stand about you know could you get poisoning from like just eating a signed jelly bean with like permanent marker on it, he re- he remarked. Well, I guess I can say I finally ate Monica. I know, I know, it's terrible. He's definitely done it. What, what a monster! He should be put behind bars. And that was their conclu- one of their conclusive um, stories to end uh, huh. in the investigation, and one of the ones they're running. So, uh, yeah, I guess this case closed now. Uh, it's all over. Why is Gil writing my name? Um, but yeah, that I wanted to mention that the Jelly Bean story because it's 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 terrible, right? Um, this sort of behaviour must must not be tolerated. Anyway, speaking of PC, my actual news article today is about my country, that my my glorious glorious country of the UK, especially more more closer to home because I'm from Scotland. If you couldn't tell, um, where <laughs> Zombieland Saga's trap Lily appeared in one of their um parliament meetings do you call them meetings i don't know what you call them but mm-hmm. uh it's, it was in regards to discussion basically there's a guy called sonic fox who's like a fighting game player and yep. stuff and he'd been like you know shit posting against like uh turfs which i had to look up by the way uh they're basically i, I believe fem- yeah yeah well sorry oh sorry. I, I was yeah, the same be-
0: thing i was like is this a new term that like millennials? yeah use i didn't or know something? what those were
1: yeah, it sounded like it. Turfs are basically feminists that don't believe that trans people belong in female spaces. So it's like a subset of feminists that are like very like No, only born women only sort of thing, right? So I think Sonic Fox had been getting into like uh like, you know, a twitter war with some of these people he posted footage of what he'd do with them with mortal Kombat 11 footage and as you know mortal Kombat has a very graphic content and my country doesn't like that at all we're we're the very sensitive sort um second in europe only to i guess sweden i suppose we're kind of like uh but i think we're probably still behind canada in level of ridiculousness at the moment but you know <laughs> We'll give it time. So uh, this all culminated down to the point where they eventually met- showed the meme picture of Lily, who's a character from Zombieland Saga, also known as Il- who's also a trap. Um, and it's a, like a shit posting photo, you know, image. It's a meme picture that says "Shut the fuck up, turfs." And they photoshopped like a hand, like a realistic hand on her with a gun. Um, and you know, they basically got offended by this um and this is a point of national concern given that it's getting brought up in parliament um i almost feel like it doesn't really i don't really need to explain why this is kind of ridiculous in and of itself they talked about how the term turf is being used as a gender term like bitch and cunt um and um yeah the the reiter- the twitter representative reiterated that the tweet has been deleted though um though the mp continued to press that tweets you know of, of such tweets being dangerous and such because you know again i'm from a country where tweets can get you arrested and put onto police watch lists so um, <laughs> yeah um i'm i'm not yeah i don't really want to say much more i think it speaks for itself Hopefully, if we're on the same page, you find this ridiculous,
0: but, you know. Oh, I'm definitely, like, I i don't think that there's anyone in America who doesn't, like, just, like, listen to some podcast, like, hmm, I'm going to Google that. They're not on some FBI watch list someplace. I definitely think I am. Yeah.
1: Probably.
0: Hello, Mr. But, yeah. FBI man listening to our podcast right now. How are you? Did you enjoy those donuts? <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. kind of makes you want to like say just some funny stuff just to just to give them a little bit of a laugh since they're gonna be really bored just like listening to hours and hours of content you know to try and find something they can pin you for but yeah, there's that um I don't really have much else to say uh my, my country's going nuts, but everybody knew that already so there we go
0: all right okay okay well uh my last piece of news here is a bit more about keys and eye who uh, this week has been added to the 100 globally respected Japanese people. Uh, In the magazine Newsweek Japan, uh, she is described as following virtual YouTuber, been active since 2016. She has become a sensation among viewers outside Japan, such as in Korea, before finding popularity in Japan. In March 2018, she was appointed ambassador of Japan's National Tourism Organization's campaign. Uh, Her videos introduced appealing aspects of Japanese culture and tourism spots. Now, she's of course not the only uh, clandestine figure among the 100. There are other anime-related figurines and figures in this list. Mm-hmm. such as Detective Conan's creator Gosho Oyama, uh, One Piece creator Eiichiro Oda, Goku's voice actress mm-hmm. Masako Nozua, and fictional character Sailor Moon, from the manga mm-hmm. of the same name. Mm-hmm. There are also some video game related additions where professional gamer Daigo Umihara, Metal Gear creator Hideo Kojima, and former Nintendo president Satoru Iwata huh. yeah. you even have uh, groups like uh, Baby Metal and Maximum the Hormone are also on the list with uh, even a fictional character Sadako from The Ring so wow. I don't know how uh, how I feels about being on a list with such characters but uh, good for her
1: yeah yeah, you'll probably see what her reaction is in a video somewhere, mm. if you wanted to. So.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Hi! Yeah.
0: too, Or whatever her thing is, right?
1: Yeah. Yep, yeah, something like that. She's got a something-something high-pitched voice. Yeah.
0: Oh, sugoi disney. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> did did we just get Kizuna Ai on the line right now? Was that actually her?
0: Jesus. No, no, she's too really important. Pretty... That was her... Uh, yeah. That was her... Uh, her, her agent? Her, her not her, agent. That was her um her stunt voice actress. <laughs> right, right. Stunt just because in
1: case she has those dangerous lines that could really put her in serious danger. Yeah. Yeah, you know, You're going too high
0: can though. can hurt the throat. So she's gotta get the, mm-hmm. the voice actresses uh she's gotta get that uh that that crash crash girl who jumps in there for her. Yep, that's understandable. Makes
1: all of the sense. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you got for your uh, your last piece there my bro?
1: Alright, well I got oh hiccups there. Uh yeah. I got myself a double whammy of stuffs I suppose to do in a similar sort of subject. You can draw the line yourself. Uh anti Moe animator. So there's an animator who's worked on such um series as Doraemon and Pokemon. Uh her name is Mortsugu Kikko, who is recently spoke out against moe and anime um talking about how uh, she's written a, a various uh, a set of tweets basically saying that japanese anime producers spend all their time tricking and it's quote tricking male otaku with sexualized moe imagery yeah, it's, it's interesting because the image above is one of those really moe blobish sort of like is the order of rabbit show and uh, a lot of these moe blob shows just like tend to have nothing sexualized at all. It's just cute fluff, which you know. I'm guessing there are doujins out there, but the shows themselves are pretty harmless. Even though I criticize the fuck out of those. But anyway, uh, she goes on to praise uh, media giants like Marvel and Disney by comparison, uh, and she says that um, that the in- that the Japanese anime industry should also follow the lead as acting as a as a as a, as a pioneer of progress and equality by. Reflecting fashionable political views of white American millionaires and billionaires. <laughs> that was the article. That wasn't me. Uh, but yeah. So to quote some of her her actual tweets themselves, the quality of Disney and Marvel movies get better and better every year. And the reason why is because the work issues that society the the work issues that society is grappling with into their scripts. Japanese animation has become unable to do that. The methodology for making anime is as long as we can put some sexy stuff in, we can trick Otaku into buying it. Right. Uh, these days, if you made a movie like Zootopia in Japan, I think people would get all worked up about it online and say things like, <laughs> oh shit, kill the feminists. And wait, this movie was only made to please minorities. But there's nothing wrong with that happening. That shows that a movie has social relevance. Uh, but as a side note, I've never seen Zootopia so I don't know if those issues are actually in that film, but fair enough. Um, she also says, I think men probably get deceived watching anime that's just about girls being giggly and screechy. But when women look at men who desire too much comforting from women, it's psychologically exhausting. So basically, it's like setting up unreal- unrealistic expectations, I think is what she's going for there. And she said, The last tweet I got here is, I'm not just angry at bluntly sexualized anime like this. Uh, by the way, the image is, is from, um, I think, some Harm Echi show. I can't, I don't know what that show is. Um I'm also angry at anime that include it uh, include this attitude in diluted form. I really think that Moe has ruined anime, so she, um, yeah, basically has problems with it. And you know, it just goes to show that um, you know, there's seems to be like a backlash not just in the West in regards to I suppose sexualized designs and content in anime in the West, but also it's, it bleeds over to Japan as well. So, you know, maybe we're not so different you and I, I suppose. Uh, seeing as someone in the industry feels that, that feels that way. Um, I guess I'd leave that up to you, the listeners, to decide how you feel about these tweets in specific or the side of the opinion. I'm currently of a thing where, you know, instead of changing what already exists, if you want your anime that is devoid of moe and stuff, go ahead and make it. That's that's one of those things. I feel like if you if you wanna have more products out there, a bigger range of products, more power to you, go ahead and do it. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna give my blunt answer. Um I, I'd say I don't think you necessarily even though I pick apart Moe shows non stop and even shows that are sometimes overly etchy for just the reason of being itchy, um I wouldn't for a second like try to fan <laughs> us those from existence just because they're not my thing. Because there's such a large variety out there, but I think I'm probably preaching to the choir. I'm sure we're all we've all got level heads on us. We probably all know what I'm getting at. So, yeah, but you know, this person finds that to be a problem, and uh, go figure. What do you, is, is there anything else? what do you what do you think, Joseph, about that? Do you have any thoughts?
0: No, you pretty much covered it. Just crazy people being yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is thing. It's like you know, sure, it's not for you. I don't. I don't think it's really that big of a deal. But you know, nowadays everything's such a big deal. So yeah. I guess Every it shouldn't be surprised. I'm just surprised. It picked. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge and it's a huge. It's a huge social issue. Social issue. The only thing I've. I. The only thing I staunchly disagree with in general is unless it's like the purpose of the anime as a whole is to be political. I don't like the point where she says that you know they reflect current political issues and stuff like. Sometimes I kind of just want to watch the anime to escape from. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to kind of get away from a real thing. I don't really need real-world politics injected into my anime. At least on this, that's actually the point. But, eh, that, that's something I probably would be more against. But, uh, yeah. That's that. Fun times.
0: Okie dokie. Yep,
1: I'm running I dry I believe
0: now. we are... Done with our industry news. yeah, And we can get into our previews.
1: In a world where laughter was king. Uh, No, in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no, in a world? It's not that kind of movie.
0: All right. So, I do have another theme this week for my previews, and that is Mm harems. Nice. We all know I love harems. Mm-hmm. First Mm-mm-mm. up is Bokutachi wa Benkyou ga Denkinai. English title, We Never Learn. The anime opens up with uh, a... I'm guessing the school's... A school's uh, headmaster, president... Uh, president... Um, principal... And he is interviewing a, a female character who is like, I think it's pointless. Why should I try to do something that uh, is going to achieve no purpose? And the guy's like, ah, there's another one gone. On. Well, and he looks over at like a dossier with a roster and a, a student's mm-hmm. uh, picture on it. I guess this will have to do. And we go through our opening, our intro, which... Okay, it's got some good animation. Very, uh, stuck on, like, girls fiddling with her hair. It seems to be a big thing. Uh, Mm. moves along, and we are now watching this, uh, short female character writing out a long scientific problem on a blackboard. Chalkboard. Mm. And, uh, this male voiceover is introducing her as the, uh let's see here as the what was her name the something thumbelina like the scientist thumbelina or something like that and he's talking about how like in this world there are people known as geniuses people that excel at one thing that makes them better than the rest and it's clear that this girl is very good at science and then it cuts to another girl who uh, the teacher is crying as he reads out her essay and he's like it's so good it's so beautiful and she's like I, I don't know about that sensei it's just a normal essay and it introduces this girl as uh, the sleeping beauty of, of 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 literature or something like that first girl's name was uh, Fumi no and the second girl's name is Rizu <laughs> and then the, uh, the voice continues on where it's like and then there are people who aren't geniuses who have to try hard and work hard to achieve what they are, you know, what they get. And that's where we meet our male character whose name is uh, uh, Narayuki. And uh, this uh, this character uh, is uh, talking to his friends where they're just like, oh, you're going to go study again? Oh, man. Well, you should hang out with us sometime. And this one friend uh, who's kind of effeminate looking. He's like, don't even bother. He's got to study. Because he wants to be put into like the VIP program. Right? And he's like, that's right. The VIP program. Something I'm dreaming to achieve. Which, basically, the VIP program's just just uh, an all-inclusive sponsorship paid to go to the college of your choosing kind of thing. Right. So... As long as he's able to achieve it and VIP status is awarded to him, he can choose the college he wants to go to. It's all paid for. He doesn't need to worry about anything, and that's because he is poor, and his family is poor. And by the way, his dad's also dead. Um, but don't, don't worry. It's not like he's alone. He does have a mother, a little brother, mm. and a little sister, and a, another little sister who has a brocon. So... Mm. He does have a family. Right. And uh, his name is called over the announcements and he's like, please come to the principal's office. So he goes there. Principal's like, hey, uh, I see you're you're you got 80% above everything. You don't have any complaints against you. You seem to be a generally upstanding student. You know, I, I could award you VIP status. And he's like, really? And he's like, but there's a catch. And it's like, come in, you two. And of course, the two geniuses come in. He's like, so I want you to tutor these two and help them get into their college of choosing. And he's like, "What? Me tutor the geniuses? What, what? What?" And so they go to a park where he's like, "All right, well, let's uh, let's first figure out what you two want to. Uh, what do you want? Where do you want to go?" And he asks them, and the one girl who's into literature says, "I want to go to a science academy," and the one girl who's into science says, "I want to go to an English academy." he's like, hmm, hmm, yes, yes. Are you fucking crazy? Are you too dumb? Do you not realize what you're, you are both crazy smart in your subjects. Why do you, fine. If it's VIP status, I have to do this. All right, let's, let's see how good you are. He takes out a test. He's like, all right, do this test. They're horrible. They Mm. then go on to say like, well, we don't know what we don't know. And, uh, he tries teaching them and they go up a point another day later they go up a point point. and then the third day they actually go back down to their original score and he's like how could you how could you fail you've been taking the same test three times over and the literature girls always like demeaning herself she's like i know i'm worse i'm lower than the lowest worm i'm sorry i'm sorry and the science girl is like i just i don't get it i don't understand how you're supposed to understand how someone feels it doesn't make any sense and uh, he's like, maybe you should just just give up. Just go and choose a different school. And they're both like, I knew it. You you were just like the rest. Yeah. You're just going to give up on us. Rawr. And then they storm off. Rawr. And he's like, oh, they, they forgot their notebooks. And He reads their notebooks mm. at night. And he's like, aha, I understand now. I know why they want to get into their other. Well, I don't know why they want to get into their other schools. But I see that they're trying really hard. And he thinks back to this moment he shared with his dead father where his father's like is you know talking to him and clearly he was a bad student at one point or like he was a good student but he was very very much in that like same position that I was in as a kid where it's like you studied really hard and you still failed. And you kind of were like, Oh what's the point? Well mm-hmm. there it is. And so he's like, Well I get the I get what they're feeling. The frustration they're feeling I know about it. And he sees them the next day and he's like, hey you know I get it. I know what your frustration is. I did read your notebooks. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give up on you. We're going to keep doing that. This, you know, and he he actually even says something like, "Believe and stick with me for better or for worse." You know, trust me. And they're both like taking it as like a confession of love, and he's like, "No, no, 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 not not like that. Like, like you know, trust me because I'm going to help you get to the thing." And they both immediately are like, "Oh, he's a, he's such a nice guy now." And he starts teaching them and he is uh, being accosted by psychological hurdles, hurdles now in teaching them as, in a library because the uh, sleeping beauty girl does have a tendency to nod off. So she of course falls asleep and falls against his shoulder and he wakes her up and is like hey, you know, get back to what you're doing. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And the uh, Thumbelina girl who has a gigantic rack she is a short stack as they would call the girls um, she is uh, she's like I need some help with this problem here and he leans over and he's like well, what do you need help and she leans in closer to him and her, her boob pushes against him and, and he's like oh my gosh she brushed up against me right against me oh boobies and I was like oh no he's one of those characters he's one of those protagonists oh no oh no allergic reaction happens no he's not allergic but he's just like you know, like, like, oh my goodness, girls being around me, and they smell so good, and oh, and their boobie just touched me, oh! There's
1: something wrong with these types of characters. It's Everything like, is.
0: do you not, have you never seen actual porn, my dude? Like, is that because you're, you live in a, I, okay, I get it. He lives in a household that is so poor, he can't have privacy to jerk off. He is so pent up. He is a high school student. He's got a little brother and a little sister, another little sister who probably wants his hot dog because she's a brocon, and a mother, and they all share like a single-bedroom apartment. I get it. Okay, I right. get it. But you can go to other places to jerk off, my dude. Mm. Go, yes. go, Just go to a love hotel, for God's sakes, it's by yourself if you have to. Just get yeah. away from it all, my poor man. And uh, the episode ends off with a chick who's doing swimming with a really nice ass and a good tan with tan lines. Couple of a couple of my couple of my fetishes, and then she gets out and she's like breathing really heavy. She gets out of the water, and that's where that first episode leaves off. So. Okay teasing the next
1: girl basically
0: yeah the next girl who's going to be introduced to this like whole tutoring thing so i'm guessing her thing is she's really good at sports but she wants to join some prestigious school for smart people or something like that right yeah and maybe she's like super dumb but who knows all i know is that thus far i'm going to continue watching it i think let me see here what was that what was that anime that I really hated? Hold on here. What is the... That you really hated? Yeah, it was the one where it's like a Yakuza family and like a mafia family and they're like arguing with each other. Oh, Nisekoi. But then like Nisekoi. Nisekoi. All right. Hold on here. Um, yep. What is this? Is this by the same person? Because the animation looks a lot like it. I think somebody uh,
1: thought the same thing but it actually turns out it's no. not but so the I, yeah, I original
0: author and artist did things like um, Steinsgate, uh oh, Rane go. no wow. Sweet Honey uh, he uh, did Irodal, Magic Past Year Kosaki Chan um, hmm. but I think it might be because the maybe the production studio did it Studio Silver did it, maybe. Ah, Studio so let's Silver, see here.
1: Not, not, to be confused with Silver Link, I suppose.
0: Studio Silver, I just want to make sure. I just, I have to know this. So Studio Silver, sure. Did they do, what was it called? Nisekoi. Nisekoi. Did they do Nisekoi? No, they didn't. Wow. Because Oof. I wow. seriously I got some like Nisekoi vibes from the animation from this. So Studio I Silver's done that. things like Um Oh, they did Zombieland Saga. Uh they Yay. did uh Katsuku, uh let's see here. Uh Digimon Animes uh JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Golden Wind Golden um, Wind. Um Golden Wind, right? Um, hmm. Planet with puzzle and dragons X. Uh, Rolling Girls. Sakura Quest, Siren.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know who we're talking about now.
0: Sword Art Online, Alistization. Huh. Oh, Alistization. That yeah. was
1: collaborate. That must have been collaboration with like A one then. A one. <laughs> tightly holds on to their rights for SAO.
0: Yeah, they they do do a lot of like it looks like they've done like a lot of second key animation stuff. It looks like yeah, they're also doing like, like they're sharing the animation with another studio here called Arvaro Animation which Not heard of uh that. they've only done one anime one another anime called uh The Spirits of Floria or Hana Saku Kizu oh, Iroh- no oh, oh, sorry. No. Romaton? Mm. oh, I don't know what that is, mm. so yeah mm. cool, yeah, yeah, yeah interesting,
1: yeah
0: i was I was yeah. suspecting this might be the same way as like the last one I watched, which was about like dude teaching all the quintuplets tri- the quintuplets or whatever it was, yeah, how's it um, compared, how's it compare? this one's better so far because the first one oh, really, uh. Yeah, because the first one's very obviously it's like it's going kind to of be a very like blatant harem. This one's a bit more soft on the uptake. I mean, I've only seen the first episode obviously, but um it seems to mm. be it's not going to be as like, you know, blatant with the fan service.
1: Right. It feels like it also has a story to tell.
0: Yes. Like right. why the reasons behind these girls wanting to do the different schools and, you know, who this other girl is, that kind of stuff. Right,
1: right. Cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. Look forward to hearing a progress
0: report mm-hmm. if you finish it. If you finish it. Yes. Ooh. And uh, that's my first one. What do you got for yours? Okay. Well I'll be starting off a remake. This one is Fruits Basket
1: is a second adaptation of a popular shoujo series by Takaya Natsuki. With the first anime being back, uh, being released all the way back in 2001, mm-hmm. which I, makes me feel very old, nearly 20 years ago, uh, this newest version by Studio TMS Entertainment looks to bring it to the modern age, I suppose, because the other one had like, an anime on the ending, so I guess they're going to try and complete it, because the manga's been finished for a long time. Uh, So we get a prologue with a mythical feel uh, in some old house on top of a mountain. There's like a bunch of zodiac animals and a robe figure in the middle clutching onto a cat. This also is like accompanied by like a monologue by the main character that's kind of vague. And, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to anyone starting out. It doesn't make any sense to me anyway. Uh, Maybe if you've read the whole manga, maybe it makes sense. But anyway, then the show actually starts with our protagonist, uh, a first year high school student named Toru Honda who starts out uh, Animal Crossing style because she appears to be living inside a tent. While enjoying the pleasant morning weather on her way to school, she comes across a lone house that has uh, has a set of Zodiac animal-themed ornaments sitting out. While taking a closer look, she's stumbled upon by the house's owner, Shigure, who's polite enough not to, to you know call her out for trespassing. Anyways they start talking about the set of animals and Toru remarks about how the cat is missing from the zodiac which prompts a flashback of her mother telling her a bedtime story that is similar to what you've probably heard just with the added detail that the rat tricks the cat by giving him the wrong date of the banquet so the cat gets left out of the 12 zodiac animals because of this. And this was enough to touch young Toru to the point where she disavows her current year in order to vow herself to be the year of the cat herself. Shiguri wonders what he would think about that um, foreshadowing I guess and before he can start flirting with Toru is interrupted by Yuki who Toru immediately recognizes not just because he's a classmate but because we're in a shoujo land and in shoujo land your school has, has to have a prince character who is often an effeminate looking fellow who of course is waiting for a protagonist to sweep off her feet. Too bad for Toru though. In any school that has a social hierarchy with a prince or a princess figure there's also going to of course be a fan club for that character who have absolutely nothing to to do with their time but to protect the purity of their monarchy. Oh anime. One should to imagine what inspires such things to become such a commonplace theme but anyways Toru incurs the wrath of incurs the fan club's wrath having walked to school with Yuki but is protected by her two best friends a rough Yankee-type girl character, and a psychic goth. During home-eck, we learn that she hasn't been completely upfront about her living situation, and while her friends think that she is constantly working jobs to pay tuition on her own, it's actually because she has to be completely self-sufficient, given that she lives again in a tent. Before we get any answers on that, though, she walks part of the way home with Yuki again, who has an odd reaction to her talking about how she wants to be uh, a Year of the Cat person. As if he has a particular loathing for the cat, but he leaves mysteriously before we get any more answers. It is after that scene that we get the full picture of Toro's situation. Basically, her mom, uh, her mother, uh, she used to live with her mother alone, where she handled the finances and the housework. And out of karmic vengeance or of, for negligence, God decided to kill her mother by writing the cause of death as accident in his notebook. Toru then lived with her grandfather until he decided to also move to another house. But while it's being built uh, and renovated, he asked if Toro had a place to stay with friends for a few months or anything, anywhere else she'd like to go. And she said yes, naively. As if, you know, uh, seeing this as practice for when she'd immediately, eventually move out on her own. Now that takes us up, up to now and why she currently lives in a tent until she's stumbled upon by Yuki and Shiguri, who it turns out... um. The woods that she's been crashing in is actually their property, which is why they were perplexed as to why she lives nearby when she said that earlier on. Um, But anyway, it's good that they did catch her because her house gets destroyed, or tent, gets destroyed by a landslide. Uh, We get some foreshadowing because Shiguri can tell that the landslide has happened because he hears dogs barking outside. And this distresses Toru because her mother's unflattering picture is still inside it but disaster comes in waves as she collapses from a fever that was also foreshadowed throughout the episode. In her bedridden state, she comes clean with the somas about her regrets for sleeping in the morning that her mother got smited by God and about how she has gratitude... No, she not gratitude, sorry. She has to graduate high school as it is what her mother wished for. As we can see, she's aiming high, I guess. Uh, she passes out and Shiguri and Yuki are impressed by her strength of character. Yuki then sets off to excavate Toru's belongings, but when Suguri offers to help, Yuki declines as he summons a flock I guess you call it a flock of rats while leaving ominously. The Somas then offer Toru a place to stay as their housekeeper, and after some persuading, she accepts. Suddenly, after being shown to her room, an orange haired guy breaks through the ceiling and starts charging at Yuki, and in an attempt to stop the fighting, Toru clutches onto him. But this causes a puff of smoke to happen, which transforms the guy into an orange cat. In a panic, she also runs into Shiguri and Yuki, who in the same in a similar fashion transform into a rat and a dog, ending the episode. So that's the that's the whole episode in a nutshell. Um, so yeah, basically this is a kind of very tropey shoujo-esque sort of show. It's it's told in a very it's it's told a lot more shoujo-esque and a lot more fluffy than the original interpretation was. The original had a slightly more gaggish feel to it, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's got a bit of charm to it after all. This has been adapted by TMS Entertainment this time, who are quite adept, let's say, or quite experienced in the credentials of doing uh, shoujo type shows, as they have done uh, Kamisama Sama Hajimemashita, and as well as. Uh, What's his name? There was a bunch of other, like... Oh, oh, they've also done Orange, which I think was also quite shoujo-esque. So they have quite a bit of experience for this kind of genre. Um, it definitely feels like a modern version of it, and, you know, there are some changes to the character designs from what I remember. Um, it's tropey, but at the same time, I give it some leeway, given the fact that uh, Fruits Basket itself is from the 90s and was from a time when these tropes hadn't been... You know, they weren't so overplayed as they possibly would be today, to be fair. Uh, What is there is okay. There's a decent amount of mystery in terms of, like, you know, the Somas in relation to the Zodiac. Uh, It has a nice concept to it. The main character is incredibly naive. Like, I know we're watching a cartoon, but she's cartoonishly, like, the purest, purest thing out there. Uh, Unrealistically so, but for what it's worth the show sort of makes it work for that you know despite uh, the the entire episode is played from her perspective and you kind of feel for her despite the fact that um, again she is ridiculously innocent especially given how she's been in an environment where she's been forced to grow up fast but I guess that's supposed to add to the charm factor Um, I guess if you're not into Shoujo's shows uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many viewers here are Um, This won't change your mind I suppose but at the same time if you are already into it or interested in the genre uh, this is probably one of the better ones to be worth checking out. Um, It definitely brings it into the modern age like I said and I also look forward to the part where it sort of um, uh, diverts from where the original anime went because I know the original anime didn't cover the proper anime ending. I didn't even get to see the rest of the Zodiac Animals in the version I watched so but yeah, I'm interested, um, and also in the original, other Japanese version, uh, Japanese double the 2001 version, Yuki had a female voice, which was very off-putting given the fact that you know he's a high school guy. So, meh, that's a sort of a nitpick, but yeah, overall, it's 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 a standard fare. Um, I will be continuing to watch it, um, if nothing else, for like comparison and nostalgia's sake. Um, not to say it's like the best thing ever, but you know you can do much worse in terms of shoujo. And that's pretty much all I'm saying so far, in terms of Fruits Basket, anyway.
0: Okay. Okay. Nostalgia nostalgia glasses are so far working?
1: Yeah, I mean, I figure because it's not a review, I might as well just say how I feel when it's a preview, you know? I'm going to watch it for that, and then when it comes to a review, I can be a little bit more objective about it, and just be like, well, technically, (laughs) this is a new into it a little little bit more. Yeah, exactly. I tend to do that for reviews, but for previews I just kind of either I either take the piss or, you know, or I just kind of like, ah, this is how I
0: feel. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. On to Anime. my what second one then, mm-hmm. which is uh going to be Nobunaga Sensei no Osana Zuma, Osana Zuma. So, this is actually uh, a short episode anime, Um, I didn't even know that when I first started watching it. I thought it was a regular standard anime, but it's not. Mm -hmm. But it is harem themed. (laughs) Starts out with a guy, a teacher named uh, Nobunaga Oda, or he prefers to be called Oda Sensei, but uh, all the kids call him Nobunaga and the kids uh make fun of him call him or nobunaga take off and uh he confides in a female student who is uh who's also there and uh she says something along the lines of like oh you know if uh i guess if uh you know if you're still single by the time i graduate i wouldn't mind dating you and he's like oh you're such a nice girl oh you know, in a, in a wholesome way, not in like a perverse way. Right. He gets back home uh, where course. his father and mother are both ragging on him, like, Oh, you're you're 29, man. Why aren't you 28 or whatever? Why aren't you? Uh, why aren't you married yet? And gonna have some kids, man. Gotta continue the line, man. Because apparently he is a descendant of Nobunaga, the mm. you know, man who unified Japan, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, kind of a uh, he goes on to say, like, I haven't found anyone yet. Give me a break. And they're like, all right, well, you have to go clean the, the storage shed. He goes out into the storage shed, bumps into a box with his little sister in tow. who's a 24-year-old. And uh, shatters something on the ground, which he picks up in pieces. Not very safe, but he does. And he's like, oh, huh, what is this, a teacup? And then the pieces start glowing, and they summon forth a uh, girl wearing a kimono with long black hair. And he goes on to be like, "Ah, oh, this is it. This is this is my wife. My future wife is here. It's just like what you see in anime and and manga and games. This is it. This is her." And he carries the girl back to his home, where his father is like, "You abducted a you abducted a girl. How crazy have you become?" I said I wanted a kid, but not now. And the uh, girl wakes up with uh, brilliant emerald eyes, and she stares around this uh, place, and she's like, have I been abducted to a strange country again? And he's like, "Uh, no, no, this is uh, Japan. She's like, oh, good, good, I'm still here. (laughs) And she's like, oh, wait, are are you Oda Nobunaga? And he's like, yes, I am. And he's like, and she's like, are you his parents or family? And and he's like, yes, they are. She's like, oh, good. Well, I have come here to become Nobunaga-sama's wife. And he's like, awesome, excellent. And but then he's like, wait, wait a second. How how old are you? She's like, I'm 15. He's like, no, Ah. damn it. (laughs) and uh, as they go into interviewing her, apparently it turns out that she is not from this time. She is from the Mm. original Nobunaga's time. She is transported into the future, and her name is Saito uh, Kicho, who is a 14-year-old girl, not 15-year-old, because apparently at some point in Japan's timeline, uh, 15-year-olds in the past became 14-year-olds in the future. I don't really want to try to explain it they gave it like uh, a very short like somehow wasn't it like, like
1: how in the west like when you're born you're, like they say this many months old and then you're you're one after a year but like it's yes. like when you're born something there, you're like that born. they did explain yeah, it yeah.
0: very very quickly about that um yeah
1: i think that's what they're getting at
0: i think so she's actually 14 years old from the warring state yeah. era she was supposed to be betrothed to the original Obunogunaga in a political marriage But she is now here. And uh, she's like, "Uh, future husband, I'd like to talk to you in private for a little bit. And he's like, okay. So the family leaves, but the mother and the sister are like right against the door. And she's like, alright, well let's get down to business. You'll never have my heart, but you'll have my body. And she immediately strips, and he's like, gasp! What are you doing, crazy Uh. lady? Girl? He puts clothes back on her. he's like, you're only supposed to do that with a person you love. And she's Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? It's the most important the most important aspect of a wife is to give birth to children. And at this point the mother and Thank the sister you. burst in and the sister's like, If you touch a hair on her head, I'm calling the cops. And he's like, She took her clothes off in front of me. I what the fuck are you talking about? You going to jail, son. And that's where the first episode ends. Oh, just like that? Yeah, kind of, he's just Hmm. like, I gotta get to work, I'm leaving, and and then that's where it ends, so, like Hmm. I said, it's very short, it was like only like eight minutes long in total, so, yeah. Fair enough. And it has an OP and an ED to it, so it's like, it could have cut those two out and saved some time.
1: Yeah, it's like six minutes then. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh.
0: Um... It it had censorship in it. Like, when she takes her clothes off at one point, like, they mm. they covered up, like, part of the naughty bits that... Not her boobs, but her panties, where the panties are. Um, mm. uh, because her long black hair covered her chest. And, uh... Given,
1: given that she proclaimed her age, that might be for your own safety.
0: Yeah. You know, 14-year-old... Yeah. This is a... This is like a Komodo... Kodomo no Chikan... <laughs> uh situation except oh. that she's a little bit older than them.
1: That mythical show. Oh Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he is and he is a older male character, you know, he's like 28 or 29 or something. Uh they they said his age at the beginning, but it doesn't really matter. He's a teacher, she's a little girl from the past who thinks that she needs to have his babies and he's like no mm. n- no no.
1: There will be like some sort of twist of fate, perhaps, where it turns out she needs to have his child and then go back to her time, and it turns out this is actually part of the timeline, like in order to keep the world from being destroyed. Yes, it'll be a situation
0: where Marty's great-great-great-great-grandmother has come from the past, and she's like, Marty, you have to have sex with me, otherwise Marty McFly doesn't get born, and then... (laughs) It's like that Futurama episode, where... uh, Mm. Or he has to have sex with his, you know, his great-great-great-great-great-grandmother or whatever, because otherwise she doesn't get pregnant with a kid that eventually ends up being his great-great-great-great-grandfather or something like that.
1: It's pretty icky, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah, yes, I am that person. I'm the one who has to impregnate an ancestor of mine, because otherwise my whole family will disappear. Hmm. It's
1: all sorts of strange, but, uh, you know... We don't kink shame here in Anime Pulse, I guess.
0: Yes, we don't kink shame. So if you're into fucking your great ancestors, <laughs> oh, there no. you go. Potentially, because uh-huh. he's potentially related to Nobunaga. Because that's where it comes into the... Is he related? Is it incest? Not <laughs> you related. never know. Oh,
1: of course. Then again, that wouldn't really matter if she's from another clan anyway, right? Because like was traveling. That's not really an issue, is it?
0: Well, the, the thing one. is, if he is a descendant of the original Nobunaga, that means at some point or another, she is like his great 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 grandmother or something like that. Oh, okay. Right, now I see what you're saying. God. That's why I'm like, the you know, does it is it Insetu? No. Jesus. Because it's potential that he's related. His name is Nobunaga. Hmm. Yep. Incest
1: of... Historic proportions.
0: Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, are you gonna keep on watching it? Uh the censorship kinda threw me for a loop where I was just like, Oh okay. I don't okay. see the point in them even needing to have like that kind of blatant fan service like with a character this young, but whatever. Especially in, like, a standard anime, but it is a short episode anime, and I don't have that much Mm -hmm. else on my plate right now, so yeah, I'm gonna continue it. At least for now. If it does continue to have, like, a couple censored episodes, because I've only seen the first one, if it does have more censorship, like, being very obvious, like, every episode has some big censorship to it, I'm like, alright, I'll pass. Mm
1: -hmm. Vote with your wallet or watch,
0: I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work. Don't vote with your wallet. Vote with getting uh politics involved. Because that always works. Because well, then you're actually threatening yeah. their money.
1: That is something a lot of people do for the strategy. Yeah, sure. That is the thing. Yep. Uh rabbit holes. Anyhoos. Nailed
0: it. Okay. That uh cool. that does it for Nobunaga. I'll continue watching it for now.
1: Okay. Last stop! I guess we have Carol and Tuesday, the opening scene. This is It was kind of going to be a theme of shojo shows. I don't really have a theme today because this doesn't really count as shojo. It wasn't in its tags, but, you know, female leads, female-oriented show. I don't know. I guess this is kind of one for everyone. The opening scene features the two leads of the show who appear to be in a concert hall as confetti rains down and the crowd's applause. This is something that you often get with shows that are aiming to be inspirational, where they start off showing the protagonist making it before reverting back to the very beginning to explain how they got to that situation. Now, this is commonly seen in sports anime, and I guess the intention with this technique is to make the audience feel that they are about to watch a grand and epic reinf- adventure reinforced with the narrator being like, this is their story. Now, I'm not sure what to make of it. I neither love nor hate this trope. I just thought it's worth mentioning. So next, we actually begin with Tuesday, a 17-year-old with blonde... Long blonde hair, who is running away from home, which is a mansion showing that she's rich, if her attire didn't make that obvious already. And her suitcase automatically moves and can even climb stairs, indicating that we're in the future. As Tuesday just manages to smug herself onto a train and hides among the cargo of goats. And in the morning, she looks out to see the train arriving at Alba City. And it, you know, not just that we're in the future, we're actually on Mars. So... We're at a point in time where humans have mastered space travel too, I guess. Uh, where she aims to realize her dream. We then transition to somewhere else in the city, and we meet the other protagonist, a PLC named Carol, who is woken up by her robot owl and is late for work. While skating there, on her future board, she monologues about how people from all over Mars come to the city, as, if, uh, as it's where nobody's try to become somebody's. She works at a food joint where Carol shows that she's not only independent but strong as she does something, I'm actually not really sure what she does, to the food of two men who disrespected her. Meanwhile, Tuesday is getting further acquainted with the city as her luggage gets taxed from her and we transition to a third girl who the show is setting up, I guess, to kind of be an antagonist. Now, it's going to clip back and forth between uh, Carol, Tuesday and... Uh, this other girl, Angela, but I'm just gonna just, you know, instead of jumping back and forth, I'm just gonna just say them all at once. So Angela's working on crappy ads and hates it, so she fires her manager. Her backstory summarized is that she's like a child star and is currently working as a model who wanted to make it in the music industry. She seems to be that way due to the fact that her mom looks like the overbearing controlling type, and has a very deep manly voice. In fact, she's actually voiced by a man for some reason, and it's very obvious. Anyways, they meet the stoic pr- music producer, Glasses Kuhn, who offers her a shot at the big time, so long as she basically sells her soul um, and does everything that he wants her to do, and she accepts, because she finds her current state of affairs boring, so I guess that's, like, her side of it. But then we go back to our main two characters. Unsurprisingly, Carol got sacked from her part-time job, because of what she did, implying that and 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 they also imply that she does this often because, like, she says that she got sacked again, um, implying that her attitude gets her in trouble quite often. And Tuesday is now wondering, having, having had her luggage stolen is now disheartened by how she's finding it out on her own. Now, Carol starts street performing on her keyboard despite knowing that no one will pay attention, of course, until her music touches the heart of Tuesday. Anyways, the two hit it off pretty quick. After having a run-in from the police because the public performances at that space is prohibited, I do sort of wonder how they managed to outrun the fully grown, fit-looking cop while carrying instruments, but the show doesn't really care, so I guess I won't either. They make it back to Carol's place, where the two get properly introduced. Carol is from a, I suppose, a less privileged background, given that she is an orphan refugee who was inspired by a singer at the camp to pursue a career in music. She lives on her own in a Oh, her flat used to be a storage space, basically, for the landlord. So she's, I guess, she's kind of living on the cheap. Um, and Tuesday has also a kind of similar sort of backstory, I guess, but she's from a rich background and was also something-something inspired by her high, uh, by music, and her high-class family doesn't approve of her dreams. You kind of get where I'm going with her backstory, you know, it's kind of simple. Anyways... The two perform a ballad together with some lyrics that Tuesday wrote, and it's well animated despite the music not really being my my kind of thing. Mm. Uh, after that, the two head it off and agree to go to the roof together, and they gaze over the city, and they proclaim that they're going to write music together and become star musicians as a pair, as um, Carol and Tuesday, and the narrator's like, you know, this is their story, blah, 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 their... They weren't well known yet, but they will be in the future, sort of thing, and that kind of ends the episode. What so, kind of music was overall? It? Oh, it like I said, I think it was like a it's like a slow moving sort of like you know ballad song, I guess, with like oh, okay slow and yeah. It's not yeah it's it's not my thing, but you know maybe other people probably like it. But she adds lyrics to it and stuff. Tuesday comes with lyrics, but yeah, it's, the music's a big part of the show. Um anyway. So I guess most people can kinda of tell where it's going, if not it only just from, you know, the introduction where it shows that they're performing in a large concert hall. So we already kinda of know where this is happening. Uh the whole message I guess is kinda of like, you know, we're in the future where everybody just takes like uh, you know, very produced music and entertainment and they're satisfied with just that and you know, the pinnacle of that is we have like that uh that their their um I suppose who's gonna be their rival, that other girl. Uh what's her name again? Angela yeah so like you know you have the produced music but these two are like pure musicians that came out of nowhere sort of thing and they're probably going to like you know the message is going to be about how you know music should be the non-produced type and from the heart or whatever and, you know aesthetically wise the uh the show looks uh pretty good actually it's by Studio Bones everybody kind of knows them from things like Blue Metal Alchemist and such and- um, I guess more recently shows like uh, they did Dororo, which also looks quite good. Yeah, they may usually make really good, well animated stuff. Basically, they also did Soul Eater. Uh, the show itself looks very well directed. Uh, the, the art style is kind of unique, and the world building is very nice too. The music, again, like I said, it's not my thing, but you know, it's not bad. It's just not my style. Um, but the setting is very nice, very futuristic. Uh, in the right kind of way, and the camera angles are quite, you know. Are, are, are less standard. They're not all just profile shots, shot reverse shot sort of thing. They're actually kind of, they feel like they thought about it and storyboarded everything. So that's kind of good. It, you can definitely get a sense that there's money and funding because this is one of those Netflix commission shows. You gotta of get course. the sense that there was definitely money behind this. And that is also exemplified by the fact that there is very like center stage product placement in this show where like, you know, she comes in and it's like, oh, you got a guitar I know I don't I can't play guitar for shit. Oh, you got a Gibson guitar. And then, you know, you can see the logo clearly there. (laughs) Oh, that's a really good guitar. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Gibson definitely paid for that. And then like it's even more further exemplified by the part where they go onto the roof and they're like, Yeah, we're gonna be stars together. Now to commemorate this, let's take a selfie on my phone and post it to Instagram. And it's like you can see the homepage of Insta you can quite clearly see they're posting it officially to Instagram and stuff. And everything. I I bet actually that Instagram was probably created with the show to check it out to try and, you know, simultaneously do it, I guess. But as much as, that's just a guess but you know some clear placement there from instagram and gibson so i'm I'm guessing they definitely got some funding and backing for this um but yeah it's it's other than that like the apart from the setting i suppose in itself um you know you kind of you kind of get where this is going what you see is what you get um i really kind of like brushed past tuesday's backstory just because it was kind of you know it's very basic. She's rich. She comes from a rich background. And, like, her family's like, oh, you can't have the music. She ran away from home. What? Why does she not like... You? Why did she? Why would she run away? We give her everything she asks for. Sort of thing. And it's like, you know... You can't get... Except the, for the, the one the, thing the, that she wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they did... They were nice enough to buy her an expensive Gibson guitar. So, you know. But, you know. Right. I get it. You know, everybody gets... Everybody gets the message, you know. Become an artist and go out and see the world and... And you know it's, it's lose very your optimistic money because... because
0: being a real artist means you get paid shit. <laughs> Absolutely, but you know the
1: the dream is nice, and this is very glossy in that because you know, even the girl who has it rough, you know Carol, you know her place isn't that bad and grungy looking. Honestly, she seems to be doing fairly okay. Besides, you know, having only just been doing part time jobs, and she's quite self sufficient. But you know, you know, there's also that where it's like the show is a very nice like. Very rose-tinted perspective of things where it's like, yeah, you know, not only are they going to come from nothing and they're going to beat the over-marketed, over-marketed type of music, but you know, we have a rich girl teaming up with a poor girl and also one's clearly like a person of color and one's clearly like a white girl. It's like, oh, we're going to bring everyone together and create unique music that the world's never seen. So it's like, you know, it's that kind of thing where if you like it, you like it. If, it's, if you're looking for something very different, then... It's, I guess you're not really gonna get it here, but at least it looks really nice. And you know, that's one thing that I, um, I used to say is like, you know, when people say like things like high school anime, high school settings so overdone, right? But you know, as long as the story's done well, it's still maybe worth a watch. And that might be the case of Carol and Tuesday, because you know, for what it is, it looks like they put a lot of work into it. And I'm probably gonna keep on giving it a watch, see where it goes. Um, I'm hoping for some surprises, because you know, the baseline story just seems very basic. I'm guessing that Drunken Guy in the Bar is going to be their manager, like, so, yeah. But, yeah, other than that, eh, it's an okay show. It's alright. Didn't, didn't, didn't rock my socks, but you're going to see that as a constant theme for anything that came out this season, generally, but
0: not really many things rock my socks. Yeah. Alright. Okay. And with that, we have wrapped up previews. Yes, we have. Uh, wait, do you have any to do next week? Uh, yes, I just fill out previews.
1: Okay, okay. I thought, I was wondering if you meant as a whole, which is this show. Oh no, 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 no. Wait, we've got a ways huh. to
0: go. Um, good, 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 good. well, that's for that's it for uh, previews for this show, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe we have some people to thank. We have Tag, Alcazar, yep. Shuji yep. V, yeah, yep. um, two more, Phantom, yep. And tentatively mal. Yes. There you go, you got the ball. Fantastic. Well, there we go. Once we uh, we can stop saying tentatively once we confirm it, but of course, well tall or yeah, well close. He he said he's gonna make a renewed list at some point. But he's in his own goddamn world. <laughs> Where yeah. he ah. Anyways, thanks for uh, watching, thanks for listening, and as always, keep watching Keep listening and keep the anime love strong.